ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 107 of Wrestle Life Radio ASMR. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. I'm with Kofi Kingston. ASMR is silly, but some of us like it. And that right, B-dubs. That's right. That's right. Me and Biggie. I got you. I got you, E. <laughs> my name is Wrestle Life Matt, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Carol, my lovely sister-in-law, Riley, and of course, my little brother, Micah. Say hi, Micah. Hi, Micah. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And we're here to, to review and talk about Double or Nothing. And oh boy, what in the world did we watch? But it was great, right? Was I don't know. I don't know what we just watched, but I want some more of it. Yeah, me too. Yes. I, I might. I think the Stadium Stampede might be my favorite match this year. Oh, the WrestleMania ones. We'll we'll talk about that more, of course. But I think it might be the greatest wrestling match <clears throat> ever. Right. Ever. 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 But ever. for reals. But before we get into that, we have to do uh, this day in wrestling history. Thirty-three years ago today, a story that we've spoken about before in the past on this show: the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan got stopped by the police. Hacksaw was high as a kite. And he, they found cocaine, marijuana, beer, and something else, some other, some other drugs. I can't remember what it was. Uh, they were arrested, but Hacksaw Jim Duggan's father just so happened to be a police chief, and they got out of it. They had two hours to make it to the show. They made it to the show. They main evented. They did not tell Mister McMahon. They finished up the show. They left. Mr. McMahon found out and fired both of them. Oh my god! And the the reason he fired them is because this show or, or this this drug bust became national news. Mm. Now I'm just thinking of Mr. McMahon's history here, and he probably could not care less that these guys were stopped with drugs. What he did care about is 33 years ago today. That is the year of our Lord 1987, the year after Baby Maddie was born. None of you were born. That kayfabe was very much still a real thing. A lot of people thought wrestling was real at that time. And the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were set in one of the biggest, just serious feuds, blood feuds, of that time. Where they were caught together mm. driving down the road. Never even thought about that, 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 that view on that situation. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It makes sense. Wow. Yeah. So, very interesting. Also, 12 years ago today, Vince McMahon announces Million Dollar Mania. Now, I remember these Raws. I watched them. Because Vince McMahon was giving away a million dollars to random callers. Do any of... Uh, now, my, Carol, I know you did not watch it. And Riley, I'm assuming you didn't. Micah, did you watch those shows? I did not. Okay. I was probably about not bored. Yeah. So, this it was a real thing. Vince McMahon, did you say you probably weren't born? Probably not. The Million Dollar Manias? It was 12 years ago. 12 years ago? Oh, yeah, I wasn't thinking. We, we were living in the two-story Lakeland <laughs> house, because I remember, being playing World of Warcraft and looking to my left and watching Vince McMahon call random phone numbers, give away a million dollars. He'd call someone, and they'd say, hello? And he'd say, yes, this is Vince McMahon, and I'm here for the Million Dollar Mania. Hello? Yes, this is Vince McMahon. Can you hear me? Hello? Well, that doesn't work. Click. 
And I'm not exaggerating. I think that went on for four weeks, and that happened three or four times. It was some of the worst television I've ever seen. He did this for ratings, because the ratings back then were not very good. Uh, but if he could get the ratings from back then today, he'd be very happy. Are you saying that Vince McMahon lied to people? No. That he's he specifically giving... No, he tried to give the money away, and people he, they, they just couldn't connect. I don't believe that. 100%. Did he, yeah. did he ever actually thing. give the money away? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's terrible luck for those folks then. Yeah. 100%. So I mean, if Vince going? McMahon called me and said, hey, let me give you a million dollars, I'd be like, okay, all right, pal. Click. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. And it, all you had to do was say the password that was on the screen, so you had to be watching Raw mm. to oh, uh, okay. get the money. And some people di- also didn't know that, and I thought, why wouldn't you just turn on Raw? Yeah, I mean, it's out there. Yeah, makes no sense. So let's move on to Double or Nothing. And Mikey, you have all of our predictions? I do. Good. So the first match was on the pre-show, and it was The Best Friends versus Private Party. And I've seen a lot of people say that this match was good, uh, and I have all the respect in the world for these four wrestlers. But those people are wrong. Now, this was a spot fest, which is usually fine but this was not just a spot fest it was also a botch fest they screwed up three or four times randomly in this match and i cannot say that a match is good when the second biggest when you're wrestling for the second biggest promotion in the united states of america and either the second or third biggest promotion in the entire world this match wasn't good i'm and sorry number one contenders match yeah it was not it's good not just gonna throw off TV and it was match. private party's fault and again yeah. nothing against them wonderful guys uh, very talented athletes. But they screwed up a couple times in this match, and it was all yeah. their fault. In interest of fairness, they haven't wrestled in a while, so obviously there's, there's some ring rust. Right. Um, and they're young. And they are young, but I'm not generally a fan of the style of wrestling that Private Party has. It's a little too rehearsed. Yeah. Um, it is mm-hmm. just spot for spot for spot. There's not a lot of psychology or setting up, and that's not really my kind of wrestling. Um, so I wasn't surprised that I didn't really enjoy this match. But it, it, I was surprised by how unpolished it was, uh, really. Right. There was one spot where they tried to have an homage to Crime Time for uh, the late Chad Gaspard. And they ha- actually had the wristbands on uh, in memoriam of him. And that was really cool. And he, it was it was a shame because even, even that was botched. Um, it, it, looked, it looked pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so obviously they had a lot of great sentiment in their match. And they're very athletic. Uh, they're very good at doing moves. But it's just the timing was off. They didn't have a lot of chemistry. It just it wasn't it wasn't making the mark for this pay per view for me. Right, I agree. Also, Trent lost his headband and it looks funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he he uh, he made a Twitter post saying that uh, he lost his headband, so he made it extra spooky pervert uh, little uh, motion there at the end of the match because right. he, I guess he thinks he looks like a pervert with the headband off, and I I can't entirely disagree with him. It looks weird. <laughs> Uh, so we move on to the back, and then Tony is interviewing Arn Anderson. Did, did we mention the Best Friends won? We did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so, I apologize. The Best Friends won this match. And uh, who picked the Best Friends here? Me. Uh, Carol chose the Best Friends. Uh, Matthew chose the Best Friends. And Micah chose the Best Friends. Riley, <laughs> Riley chose wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, because looking through this, a lot of our picks aren't great. Um, and Carol, I don't have your picks here. 
but I trust that you're not lying to me. So just tell I, me who you who you voted for. I did for. Po- post them on yeah, Facebook. You so, got them on Facebook. They're legit. Uh, so I, I'm not making them up on the spot, viewers. <laughs> I'll, I'll write it down here. Carol went for the best friends. All right, it's <laughs> in there. Uh, so Excalibur interviews. I'm sorry. Uh, Tony Giovanni interviews Arn Anderson. He is saying that he that Cody's going to win. There you go. Uh, so we now have Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange hey, Cassidy. So, hey, we're also going over one one promo, uh, one segment. Uh, the Lance Archer segment when Tony Schiavone is interviewing Jake the Snake and Lance Archer yeah, in the pre-show. In the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Was that on the pre-show? It was yes. in the pre-show. It was before Ar- oh. uh, Arn because he actually mentioned it to Arn. Um, okay. The only real notable thing oh, on that is. is you're right. The, it, was before, the, it was before Private Party and Best Friends. Sorry. Was it? Okay. I, I didn't know it was that early, but yeah. Um, the only real notable thing of that is, yeah, they're building up Archer. He's in an old abandoned house with a sledgehammer, breaking stuff. And as you probably know, on the first Double or Nothing, Cody came in with a sledgehammer and destroys Triple H's throne. Well, to open up this Double or Nothing, Lance Archer destroys a toilet with a sledgehammer, obviously poking a little bit of fun at Cody and how ridiculous his dra- uh, dramatic tendencies are. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And we so. know another word for a toilet is indeed a throne. It's a, it's a throne. Or the Wiz Palace. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to the Casino Battle Royale, which opens the pay-per-view. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Uh, Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, Joey Janela, who's filling in for Ray Phoenix, and mystery opponent. No, we're not announcing it yet. I was giving you no. a drum roll. Okay, that was your that was your drum roll. It's good. It's good. So this match was really good. Frank Kazarian and Scorpio Sky opened the match, which was really cool. They immediately ran outside the ring, grabbed some ladders, tossed them back inside, and then realized what they were doing. They threw the ladders outside of the ring, and then they just wrestled for about a minute. Because every two minutes someone new comes in. And it was cool. Let me tell you, I love this kind of match. Everyone knows that I love matches with uh, random entries. So every two minutes you have that pop of who could it be. Uh, Kip Sabian comes in after this. Darby Allen comes in after that. And I really like the... Other people have said this, so I don't. I'm, this is not an original thought. But I do like the diversity of that. Because, you know, it's not just... If you watch the Royal Rumble, sometimes you see three or four guys that kind of look the same, right? Especially the mid-carders. So it's nice to have painted face uh, Darby Allen, small glasses, crazy guy Kip Sabian, and then, of course, your two veterans in SCU. Really cool. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning when Kip Sabian came in, Jimmy Havoc also came out in quite possibly the coolest suit of all time. Right. Uh, It It was was a a plain suit. Yeah. Plain white suit covered in blood. Yeah. Fantastic. Tied a match. Not real blood. Uh, maybe who knows? That we know. Uh, could be Luther's blood for all yeah. we know. Um, and they also had Penelope Ford come out with him, who actually had to match later on the card. So I thought that was a bit weird, and also a bit dumb. Yeah, but you can they continue played off later in the later in the show as well. She did. She did go back to the back and then came back out later on in the right. match. Did she? Okay, so, yeah. still... right. So Darby Allen decides he's going to Darby Allen it up. He climbs to the top of the ladder. And he get, grabs his skateboard. He's got Frankie Kazarian positioned on a ladder where half of us, you know, the, one part of the ladder is in the barricade, one's in the ring. Kazarian's laying on it. Darby Allen jumps off the ladder and ollies 
and goes through the other ladder. Skateboard first, feet first. Kazarian moves. Darby Allen is now dead. <laughs> yeah. This was very Jeff Hardy. Yeah. I love very it. Darby Allen, really. I mean, yeah. have you ever seen anybody else do that? I mean, I know no. Jeff Hardy does some high-flying stuff, but that's yeah. pretty much natural Darby Allen, in my opinion. Has he ever done it with a skateboard? That's I don't the think thing. anyone ever wrestled with a skateboard before, not in any kind of popular media. So it's just right. Darby Allen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, I don't know how he didn't break his ankles, but uh, exactly. it looked cool. looked really cool, and it took him out for almost the entire match. Right. So, not very effective. And so, after this, speaking of diversity, Orange Cassidy enters the match. And yep. they had a little promo before this with him and the best friends. And he, he was asking the best friends how to win the match. They were explaining to him that he had to climb the ladder. He was not sure how to set up a ladder. Chuck Taylor was trying to show him how to set up a ladder. So he comes out. And instead of going towards the ring, he goes to the ring announcers. <laughs> and he strolls over there and says, Hey guys, how do you win this match? And Excalibur says, you, you set up a ladder and climb it and you grab the poker chip. <laughs> I don't only I quite understand. Orange. Tony Khan told you how to do this like 20 times. Like I said, here, I, I was in the room with you. He explained to you like almost two dozen times. Set up the ladder, climb it. So, B-dubs, would you like to explain to us exactly what Orange Cassidy did as all the other wrestlers were outside? I, yeah, he did fight them a little bit. Orange Cassidy barrels into the ring, grabs a ladder, uh, expertly sets it up, climbs to the top, and wins the match. That's a lie. And Riley guessed it the all along. All <laughs> along. Riley, you tell us what really happened. Oh, goodness. Okay, so he just strolls in. And does he roll underneath the bottom rope? Yeah. yeah. Like, he did. Like, sloth? Yes, very so sloth. Which seems like more work than just climbing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there was already a ladder in the ring um, from earlier. Conveniently, because he wouldn't have found it. Yeah. So he would not have taken the time to go just grab one and put it into the ring. So it was just laying there. And I don't even know if he moved it. I think it was just there. And he stepped on it. Okay, so it's laying down. He did not stand it up. He stepped on the la- la- uh, the ladder that was folded up on the ground. Uh-huh. And he reached... For the poker chip that was I don't even know how far up in the air. Probably fifteen feet in the air. Yeah. So I mean, what did he get? Like maybe an extra six inches of height He's got from a good the ladder? <laughs> eight feet of reach at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that didn't work. And I think he tried it a couple more times and then ended up trying to set up the ladder, I think. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't know how. He just like picked it up and it just fell over. Yeah, yeah he picked yeah. it up straight without separating the legs and it and just it fell, fell back over yes. and he just kind of shrugged. Yeah, he's like, okay, that didn't work. I think at that point, maybe Scorpio came in the ring. Um, No. He yeah, he already- fought with a couple people and, and went full. You know, he actually tried and tossed people out of the ring as he was trying to climb. Yeah. yeah. So then somebody else comes in the ring at that time. Uh, Colt Cabana. Yeah, it's Colt Cabana. Yeah, Colt. Yeah, Colt Cabana comes in, and he's, like, and he pretending asks- to help Orange Cassidy. Like, look, yeah. man, here's how you set up a ladder. And then Orange Cassidy is listening to him, and Colt Cabana tosses him out. He'll move, Colt Cabana. He'll move. Yeah. It's a veteran move, according to the ring announcers. And so they fight a little bit. Joey Janela comes out. He's destroying people. Ludosaurus comes out, and he literally murders everybody. Mm-hmm. He tosses everyone out of the ring. 
he's your big man, and I guess in kayfabe, he's probably your favorite, right? He was my favorite uh, to win. He's my he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Not not, not really. <laughs> I do like Luchasaurus. I was I was actually surprised not to see him earlier in the match because usually big guys in these kind of matches are used to catch people, and I didn't really see that a whole lot with him. It was mainly right uh, him getting offense in, which is. Good, I, I think, because yeah. you see a lot of times Big Show, Kane, uh, people like that in matches like this, they don't come off very realistic because they're just kind of there to assist. And a lot of right. times they don't get a whole lot of offense in. But uh, yeah, if it uh, if it weren't for a certain other individual, I think Luchasaurus would have had this in the bag. I and so your mystery uh, opponent comes out last. I'm sorry, Riley, go ahead. I was just saying he probably couldn't climb the ladder because he's too big. He probably would have broken the bottom two steps. That's right. Like a, you know. That's not how it works, because Luchasaurus has muscles. You have to have fat to break stuff. <laughs> Weight doesn't matter. But he's it's too okay. fat. He's yeah, too you're tall. Right, you're right. The, yeah. the rungs are too closely spaced. He's too tall. We need a special ladder with for longer legs. Is that what it is? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Discrimination well, I, against the think, tall people. I think actually what it is, is since the XFL went bankrupt, Vince McMahon had to cheap out on ladders. But Tony Khan's got plenty of money to buy quality ladders, so I think, <laughs> I think they're fine. That's great. Either that or Tony Khan uh, panic bought all the ladders and hoarded them oh, in quarantine. <laughs> I think there it's... were no ladders left for WWE. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's worth mentioning that normally they have these cool like gold and black ladders, but for Double or Nothing, they have these cool red ladders. Uh, I don't know if it's just specific for the pay-per-view, but uh, they're pretty cool. I mean, they weren't like the standard aluminum ladders. Right. So now our mystery opponent, who nobody got, yeah. by the way. We didn't mention him, but nobody guessed. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Taz comes over the loudspeaker and says, Who can stop the path of Cage? Well, that's the giveaway. Taz comes out, gestures for someone, and here comes Brian Cage. Brian Cage is a real big dude. All right? Big guy. I've seen a little bit of his stuff. Haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I do know that he wrestles a lot you would think that he's a lot smaller than he is because of his style. Um, and basically what happened is he started climbing the ladder. Orange Cassidy, he destroyed everyone first. Then Orange Cassidy jumps on his back. Everyone else in the match drags him down. They beat him up, toss him outside. They start throwing stuff on top of him. Mm -hmm. And then three of the guys, I think it's Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian maybe, Three of them take one of those giant heavy poker chips, and then Orange Cassidy breaks kayfabe and also grabs the <laughs> poker chip to help them. And they chuck it on top of Mr. Cage. That's how dire the situation was. Yes. Yeah. He, Orange Cassidy knew, if I don't contain this man, we're all going to die. Right. <laughs> they toss it on him. He's dead. The referees make sure he's breathing. The match resumes. There's another big spot where Joey Janela does a Death Valley driver to Orange Cassidy onto this poker chip that's laying on top of Brian Cage. Mm -hmm. It was not a proper fall. Uh, Orange Cassidy landed on his side. It looked like he was going to die. It looked very painful. But he uh, he did survive. He's okay. He got up. He's fighting again. So the ending has what? Cage military press slammed Darby Allen. So Darby Allen is on a ladder. Yeah. They botch it because he falls off. So he sets it back up. Darby Allen is on a ladder on the top turnbuckle. Brian Cage does a military press slam where he holds it above his head. 
He does not hold it all the way up. But that ladder plus Darby Allen, I'm sure, weighs a heck of a lot. He tosses him out. He climbs the ladder, grabs the poker chip. And your winner is Mr. Brian Cage. That's right. And if anyone's going to break a ladder, Brian Cage would break a ladder. He probably weighs almost as much as Otis. He is, but it's is a straight a muscle. Wide, wide man. He's huge. If you've ever seen the episode of SpongeBob where he has the inflatable arms, imagine <laughs> that with his whole body. <laughs> like his muscles have muscles. It's ridiculous. He's a big guy. I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, but they said that uh, he, you know, he was injured, which is why he didn't, he tore one of his muscles, and but he wasn't sure which one. But he didn't want to just make it up because he believes that Brian Cage probably has muscles that none of us have ever heard of, and we <laughs> definitely true. don't have. That's definitely true, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, it is worth mentioning the poker chip almost looked like a briefcase uh, yeah. hanging up there. It makes me curious if this number one contendership is going to be something he can cash in anytime he wants, or if no. he's going to be Moxley's next match. He is. Uh, so it's already been announced that they're wrestling at Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest, yeah. Okay. So Moxley's not going to wrestle until Fighter Fest. That's correct. Four months from now? No. Mm-mm. No, no, that's all out. Fighter Fest is going to be, I believe, in nine nine weeks, I think. So Fighter Fest is not a pay-per-view then? I have no idea. It was last time, but I don't believe it will be this time. I think it's going to it be was... like a regular Dynamite. Okay, Fighter okay. Fest was supposed to be uh, in the UK this year. Tony Khan actually yeah. announced after Double or Nothing. But obviously, things have came up, and that is not possible. That was going to be their UK debut, so we're curious to see how that's going to go. Or we'll probably still be in no fan shows by then, if I had to guess, um, or at least limited fans. So that right. that'll be interesting then. So we we see Brian Cage versus John Moxley. I wonder if Brian Cage is going to have some squash matches between now and then, because uh, if his first match is against John Moxley, I don't, I don't want him to beat John Moxley. I don't think he will, and that kind of puts the point of who can stop the path of cage to rest because John Moxley can. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I wouldn't have picked him to come in and, and win this because you would think he would want to get built up. I don't see him being the one to take it off Moxley. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, definitely not. I, I will say I, I, this is probably my second least favorite match of the night. Really? Well, Same. I mean third because Sean Spears and Dustin was kind of just a comedy match. Um, it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't everything I was expecting it to be. Of course, you know, you had Ray Phoenix dropping out last minute due to an injury or he sustained on Dynamite. There were so a couple botches in this match, too. Maybe that's, yeah, there, maybe that's something to do with it. There was a couple botches. It just didn't flow very well for me. Um, I've seen much better Battle Royale-style matches. I've seen much better ladder matches, even in recent history. Not at Money in the Bank, but in recent history. So it, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, I had a lot of hopes going up. I'm glad they put it at the beginning of the show, though, because if I would have waited all night for this, I would have been a little disappointed. Can we right. mention the fact that at the beginning of this match, people were flying up the ladder to get that? Poker. Yeah, right. nobody did the stupid little WWE, like, step up one step and then reach for the... I mean, they were literally not even Orange Cassidy. climbing as right. fast as they could to get that. Like, Frankie poker. Kazarian almost won immediately. Right. Like, he had to wait a minute for somebody to st- to come get him. Right, uh, which you know, I, I I'm all for that in ladder matches, but I just didn't think this one was laid out the best it could be. I agree, I do. B Dubs, what do you think of this match? I enjoyed it. I think 
I don't know. I apparently have no comment. <laughs> uh, Luchasaurus <laughs> didn't win, so I I don't care very much about it. That's true. <laughs> so I know was he, he, was he your pick? He was my pick. Okay. Well, I didn't right expect he would actually be given the win, but you have to root for someone, That's and true. so I picked who I wanted to root for. So, Micah, you and I picked the mystery guy, and we got two points apiece for it. Who did Riley yeah, I actually, I think it's worth mentioning, I chose Ray Phoenix, but when he dropped out, I got with Matthew and said, hey, I'm changing to the mystery competitor. So I don't think right. that yours should count. Uh, I think it does, because Ray it Phoenix does. is not in the match. Why two uh, points? Riley, because uh, there's so many competitors in the match. Oh. Riley chose Orange Cassidy. Which was, um, he was so close, man. He was, I, I really thought for and a second there when, he was going to get it. That's when Penelope Ford came in and climbed the ladder, and he pushed her off, and then he ended up, I don't know what happened after that, but uh, he I think, just didn't get it. Because I think Scorpio Sky may have pulled him off. Either way, he didn't win. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah he was saying. <laughs> he was really close. So MGF versus Wardlow was, or I'm sorry, MGF versus Jungle Boy was next. Very different who, match. Who did Who did we pick here? Everyone yeah. chose MJF. Except Wait, me. Oh, no. Oh, you chose Jungle Boy? Yes, I did. Oh, poor Carol. This, <laughs> I love this. This was my favorite in-ring match of the night. So the Stadium Stampede was my favorite, but this was my favorite in-ring match of the night. This was such an old-school wrestling match, and I saw mm-hmm. someone on Twitter say that it was the most old-school wrestling match with someone with two competitors with a combined nine years of experience that's inhumanly possible. Yeah, and their combined age is like 42. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can tell that these guys grew up on old school wrestling and they loved it and they studied tapes. MGF, you know, we were talking, I think you specifically, Micah, said in yeah. the pre-show that you haven't really been impressed by his in-ring ability. I haven't I, been I have impressed. A feeling, I have a feeling that's changed now. Yeah, my opinion of MGF has completely changed. I've always thought he's a really good promo guy, but I haven't been thoroughly impressed in the ring. I didn't like his match against Cody. Uh, and he's only had like one or two other matches that I've seen, and none of them were really like high stakes matches. But man, this is one of the best ma- like not even just the best of this card. It's one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Yeah, like this really took me back to the days when wrestling was a completely different show. Um, MJF is fantastic. He's gained all my respect, not as a person because he's a terrible person, but as a wrestler. Well, we don't uh, know that, but he's he is in kayfabe all the time. So yeah, he is an old school wrestler. Like we we're talking about kayfabe. If there's one guy that that lives, breathes everything that he says on AEW or any kind of wrestling television. That's MJF. Uh, he's the one guy that you look at him. You're like, I wonder what he's actually like. Because anybody else, you can just go to their Twitter and be like, Oh, okay. Well, the fiend's not actually a demon. Uh, you know, and, and MJF, you go to his Twitter, he's still being a jerk to people. Uh, you meet him in person, he's going to be a jerk to you uh, because he's a jerk. And that's great. I really like it. Uh, I think we need more of that in wrestling. Agreed. Uh, not jerks, not jerks, but people who live the kayfabe. Um, but there were so many cool spots in this match. There was one spot where MJF did a Poison Rana. No, no, uh, Jungle Boy did a Poison Rana, so a reverse mm-hmm. Hurricane Rana. To MGF and sliced, slammed his head right on into the the uh, hardest part of the ring. What's it called? The Turnbuck. apron? Nope. Turnbuckle. The, nope. Nope. Yeah. Apron? Apron, right? No, but it, that's where they did it. On the edge of the ring, MGF got the tossed. Apron. It's the apron. That's the apron. Is that what it is? It's the part that hangs, the that hangs over. You it's all apron. good? You all here? 
I don't think that's what it is, but whatever. I'm gonna it take your word for it. It is the apron because the commentary says it's the apron, so it's they the say apron. say it all the time. I want to take y'all for y'all's word for it because I I can't think of anything well, else. So he, I'm just I'm, right whatever. in, folks. It is it an apron? So he poisoned Ronism onto the apron, to, tosses MGF outside <laughs> of the ring, and MGF falls to the ground, pretending to be dead. It's great. Yeah. Demas' apron right here on my notes. It does. Um, so right <laughs> you need a snack? At, you okay? You yeah. need a Snickers bar or something? At the, at the <laughs> end of the match, at the end of the match, MGF and Jungle Boy are rolling each other up. And MGF rolls up Jungle Boy, but not in a crappy WWE surprise roll up out of nowhere. He locks him up, locks his fingers together, and Jungle Boy just can't get out of it. And these guys have such a war. Instead of MGF getting up, acting like a jerk, he falls to the ground. Arms sprayed out, splayed out, because he's exhausted. These guys went to war, and it was great. Riley, what did it, you think of this match? It was awesome. I really enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't say anything else about it. It was just, it was really good. They were so fluid in the ring, like they've wrestled before, or they've practiced a lot or it didn't even actually look like it was practiced a lot because it just looks so fluid. Cause you know, right. if you practice a lot, sometimes it just seems so rehearsed and all that, but this was so good. Like in the story too. I mean, MJF is always great with doing his little heel stuff in the ring. Um, but man, I really enjoyed it. And I loved the ending. That was so cool. So yeah, I, I think this is one of those, when I was watching it, the first thing that popped in my mind, this is going to be one of those matches in 20 years when both of these guys are mega stars. We're going to look back and be like, man, do you remember that match at Double or Nothing 2020 between Jungle Boy right. and MJF when they actually convinced everybody that they could wrestle? Because, you know, you look back in like early days of TNA with AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe or something like that, and you're like, man, look how young they were and how good of a match they put on. We're going to look back in this match and say the same thing. These, these are the stars of the future of AEW and, and, and jungle boy too. I, I, I've been praising MJF, but jungle boy showed me that he's a much different wrestler than I thought he was. Uh, I expected him to be just a high flyer. The same type as, as most other wrestlers in AEW it appeared, uh, right. it, it would seem, uh, you know, an indie style wrestler like you see nowadays, but no, he put on a technical clinic with, with MJF. He sold his arm the entire match. Uh, even to the point where he, you, you see it a lot of times where people will sell their arm through the match, but they'll still do moves that require that arm. Right. But no, like he would attempt moves that require that arm and then fail. He couldn't do the moves because his arm is, is dead. You know, MJF was working his arm the entire match and it was, it was just really good to see this. This was a, a, in my opinion, I'd say this is a five-star match. I really would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was, and they both seem to bring they uh, I agree they both seem to bring something new to the match it was not a you know weekly Wednesday night televised match this was right. a pay-per-view match and that that was what made it exciting it wasn't just another you know another match it was special there was special stuff happening and and it was it was a good story and I liked my favorite part was the the bit where it's like chain wrestling yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my favorite part. That was really cool. And it was something yeah. new to see between the two of them. I love chain wrestling. Chain wrestling is my favorite. And that's one thing I that we complain like about WWE all the time. You know, we go, this match could be pulled directly off of SmackDown, or this match could be pulled directly off of Raw. And it didn't happen here. And it was just it was just good. I'm not going to add on to You guys have already said everything, but it was just really good to see. I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
They also did it crowdless, by the way. Like, I mean, yeah. I know that there are other wrestlers in the audience, but I mean, it's, I guess, I think it's different. Um, from hearing wrestlers on podcasts talk about it, it's a little bit weird doing it during this pandemic, but right. they did that for us at home and that was an awesome thing to do. So. Right. They might 100%. have done it all for Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> I would have done it for Vicky Guerrero. I love that she was there. <laughs> love me some Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do the second half of the show. And let me tell you, I'm about to go on a rant. So mm. stay tuned. Don't take my rant. So we've returned, and we're moving on to Cody with Arn Anderson versus Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. But before he comes out, either of them come out, Mike Tyson comes out. And he's holding this belt. With a red strap, that's fine. I don't mind. And it's, it's like silver. That's fine. I don't mind. But it has these three letters in the middle, TNT, which could be fine, but it's not fine. This bell's ugly, right? Is it 24-7? Is it 24-7, 7-Eleven, I-95, South... West, north, northeast, forty-eight, eleven, TNT title. <laughs> yeah, it's BYOB TNT. <laughs> it's it's WWJD. It's kinda... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ugly, but it is worth mentioning. Tony Schiavone said that the belt was unable to be completed in time for the pay per view due to the current COVID restrictions and the company that actually made the belt made a post about it on their uh, Facebook page saying that they are adding some gold plating. They're changing the TNT logo. Um, I think maybe it's not going to be black anymore, but it's just going to be raised uh, lettering, kind of like AEW is on the World Heavyweight yeah, that title. that would look way better. And uh, they're going to do some more detail work, but they said they only have like two people on staff right now actually still working or something. So... I'm going to give him a little bit of break on this. We'll see how it actually turns out before I hate on it too much. But right now, it looks like a red 24-7 title. So, it's not actually, that it, ugly, but it's ugly. It looks like the Raw Tag Team title. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not good. I'm fine with silver belts, though. I like, I like yeah. some change. And if you're going to have the heavyweight be the number one, why not have the second and be gold? Why not have the second be silver? Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I understand that. It's fine. I just don't want the big letters in the middle. That's what really bothers me. It's true. At least it's not one big W. Right. <laughs> so so Mike Tyson comes out. He's holding the belt high in the air. He's proud. Then Lance Archer's music hits, and he like brings in one of the jobbers. I don't remember which one. Tosses him over the top rope, beats the crap out of him, tosses him out of the ring. Because he's a monster. Lance Archer's he, a monster. He had murder like a murder hawk, yeah. if you will. He had like a it's mask a on, monster. but he only had it on for like two seconds. I don't know what the point of that was. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Like he never even looked in the camera with it or something. I, I don't know. And But the best thing to come of this entire match was Mike Tyson's reaction. Yes. Because it is very gifable, and I've seen it everywhere. Gifable. 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 Gifable interface format. So Mike Tyson looks, he's like shocked <laughs> that... Lance Archer has destroyed this man. And it's, it zooms in on his face, and his reaction is priceless. 
But you also see Jake Roberts in the background, like dancing <laughs> like an old man. It's great. It is great. It's really great. I wish they would have had a better shot of him dancing there because it was terrific. But it gets worse from there, folks. Yeah, it does. So Cody comes in. He gets in the ring. He immediately gets hit with a blackout, and he rolls out of the ring, luckily. I'm not going to go through everything in this match, but Lance Archer mostly dominated. There was a spot where Jake cheated. So Arn Anderson said, oh, if, he can do, if he can cheat, I can also cheat. But then... <clears throat> Micah's favorite thing happens because you know yeah. how he loves these overbooked Cody matches. So I, I, before we get to that, I think it's worth mentioning. We're watching this match, right? And I, we actually all watched yeah. this together. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, we're watching the match, and I, I look over to Matthew and I say, man, Lance Archer is killing Cody. There's no way he can come back from this, but I bet he will. Right. Right. And, and go on. What happens? What happens, Matthew? Explain it to the people. So Paul Turner... What the? I don't remember the name of the referee. Rally, you know all the referee names. Who's the little bald one? <laughs> Bryce Rimsberg. Yeah. So Bryce Rimsberg is refereeing this match. So Paul Turner comes out and he's like, actually, even though we never, ever do this, I think it's good for me to point out that Arn and Jake have been cheating. And Bryce Rimsberg's like, cool. They're out. Now, we were all, we thought that mm-hmm. Cody was about to get disqualified and we we're going to lose our minds mm-hmm. because yes. that would be the most WWE ending in the world. Even though this was very WWE and was awful. This was really, really bad because people cheat all the time, all the time in AEW specifically in Cody matches mm-hmm. all the time. And <clears throat> first of all, he'll move by Cody because Cody yeah. heel. Uh, yeah. Second of all, what kind of precedent does this set for AEW? How do you ever have a disqualification or interference ever again? Right. Are you only having your referees watch championship matches? Probably. Like, that's that's just, what I was thinking. But even then, they're going to pull this crap and the referee's not going to come out at some point. Yeah. I mean, go back to the MJF Cody match from the last pay-per-view. I mean, it's it's dumb. It's overbooked. And it's exactly how I saw things going. So, yeah. It was really stupid. Yeah, you can look at it and be like, well, it's just a bit. What's the big deal? But like you say, it sets a precedent. So for the next championship match, when someone does this, we're going to be going, where's the second ref who's back watching the tape coming out oh, we'll, to tell us? We'll remember. We yeah. will remember. Oh, yes. And you too, listeners, you'll remember. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 am a, I am one of those WWE fans like, they'll never remember. Yeah, I don't. I never remember anything. <laughs> but I'm glad I, you guys do. I'll remember so, this. So, Archer continues to dominate the entire time. I do want to point out that it was cool that when Jake and Arn were out there, uh, uh, Lance Archer hit the Spine Buster on Cody. Cody hit the Jake DDT on Archer. Yeah, it's kind was of a cool. cool little spot. So, Archer dominates Cody the entire time. The entire time. But Cody eventually hits the crossroads. And he gets kicked out of. Then... He does it twice. Yeah, Unless Archer that, cannot kick out. Before the crossroads, he actually hit him with a stinger splash, too. Yeah, that was cool. Did the scream and everything. Hit him twice. Two crossroads. One, two, three. Now, I believe it was Sean Spears that kicked out of three crossroads on free TV a few weeks ago. But Lance Archer, this new monster, who dominated the entire match, yep. had taken no damage, could not kick out. 
The Crossroads is one of the most ridiculous finishers in kayfabe because who knows if it's going to work. It's almost like reality. It doesn't even look effective. It doesn't. No, it's bad. So Cody Rhodes, and I'm going to try to stop ranting here, but this this is the big point. Cody Rhodes, who said, I've heard all of you, and I don't want to be like that other guy in the other company. I've heard you, and if I lose to Chris Jericho, I'll never wrestle for the world title again. Ever. So what does he do? He makes up another title. He builds the biggest monster he can think of. And then he beats him to be the first owner of this new title. Ladies and gentlemen, Cody Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> Cody Jarrett. Uh, yeah, also. same thing. They used to yeah. call Jeff Jarrett Triple J because he did the same thing. And look, I'm not saying that Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks shouldn't win titles. They absolutely should. But you can't come out there and say, I'm not going to win the world title and then be the first winner of the next singles title because that makes your point hollow. Makes your promise hollow. Yeah, it just I, I, I'm a, I love Cody. I do. He's a really nice person. He's a really great wrestler. He puts some of the best stories that I, in, in the ring that I've ever seen. The Cody versus Dustin match, in my opinion, was probably, and I'd have to think back of all the matches last year, but probably match of the year for me in 2019. But this was bad. I hated it. I, and, and honestly, it's significantly made me respect Cody less as a person, as a, well, not as a person, but as a booker and as a performer. Because I, I hate this so much. This was the most WWE thing. The match was bad. The booking was bad. Cody is booking himself to win. I, I hated everything about this. I despised it. So the way to fix this is Cody heel turns and he comes back and he tells us, ha ha, I'm in charge and I can do whatever I want. Um, Cody that's McMahon. the only way this works. Uh, if it's... A Mr. Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't make me happy Mr. per Cody, se, actually. but but they have to they have to do something. I don't. I really don't think they will, though. No, they won't. I no. really hope that Cody heel turns because he's really awesome as a heel. If you've ever seen Being the Elite or his Ring of Honor stuff, I guess is, he he was very very good in WWE as a heel too. Dashing Cody Rhodes was terrific. Well, I'm just gonna say this in all fairness. I don't think that Cody. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but he might not have wanted to win this, and Tony Khan might have wanted him to win it. So I strongly I doubt he, that. Well, I just I feel like he knew he was probably going to get heat for it. I mean, I, I don't see how he wouldn't know that people would be mad that he would win the title because he's an EVP and can book matches and stuff. I just think that Tony Khan had the final say and wanted him to win it. I think it was a bad way to win. Like, if he wanted to win the TNT championship, like, beat somebody else, not Archer, or do, like, six crossroads in a row and pin them. Yeah. Don't fool me with the two crossroads. Come on. So yeah, it was dumb. Me, personally, I don't have, I don't have a problem that Cody won. That's not my problem. It's overbooked. It was dumb. It was poorly laid out. I'm I'm with Riley. I think it's entirely possible that Tony Khan wanted Cody, this very big baby face, especially in these times, to win the title. I'm not saying Cody and 
alone made the decision because Cody's not in charge. He's an EVP, but he's not in charge. But if you're going to go against this new monster you're trying to build, you can't beat him like this. You can't have him dominate you for the entire match and beat him in three moves. Like, what are you thinking? Not only that, but it's unprotective moves. If you wanted to have cheating going on in the match, which he did as a babyface, hit him with a sledgehammer. Hit him with brass knuckles. Do something. Hit him with a chair. Right. Like, do something that actually protects Lance Archer. To me, I was all aboard for Lance Archer. I still love Lance Archer, but the mystique of the character's dead. He's not the murder hog monster anymore. He's just a big guy. Right. That's all he is. And and it's a shame. And what did Arn even do? Like pull his legs down uh, on the rope or something? He he, he made the turnbuckle it? low blow him, basically. Yeah. He was on the top turnbuckle and then Arn tripped him up where he fell and hit himself below uh. the belt. And uh that was not even like near the ending. No. Like that's not that wasn't it effective wasn't in like the ending. It was like a boom that happened and then he pinned him. But I mean, like, right. look back at the Cody MJF match. That was a bad match as well, in my opinion. But in the end, you had MJF winning because he used the diamond ring, which is a stupid ending, in my opinion. But it was still a heel tactic using a weapon to end the match, even though he was behind in the match and he had no chance of winning. But in this case, he just hulked up. Right. And he became Hulk Hogan and, I don't know, dropped a leg on him and beat him and that's dumb it's really dumb uh i don't know where they go from this i don't see him turning cody heel because i think the reason they gave him the belt because they wanted a face to hold it right um oh. yeah i don't i don't know it, it, the best best case scenario would have been cody using a sledgehammer a, a bat something uh even if the snake would have somehow got involved i don't know I oh, mean, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, Jake um, tried to bring the snake out. Mike Tyson took off his shirt and pretended to pretend like he was going to attack him. Jake looked horrified and slowly backed away because he's old. But that was <laughs> smart after yeah. we cut to Mike Tyson, who was yawning. Right. And it's not about Mike Tyson yawning. It was late. People get tired. But why did we cut to him in the middle of a yawn? Right. Come on, guys. Yeah, they cut away very quickly, but it's too late. The memes have already been made. And he did yes. cheer a lot, and he was cheering a lot he for did. Cody specifically. Like, he was just into yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they come back from this, in my opinion, in this situation. I don't think I'm going to like the title until they take it off Cody. But Agreed. Yeah, we'll see who wins the Battle Royale on Dynamite and see who his next challenger is. It'd be cool if Archer came in and won it and came back and murdered him. But yeah, that'd be great. We'll see. So we go back to a backstage interview and uh, Doc Sampson's there with Tony. He gives an update on Britt Baker. He said the injury is bad, but it's not as bad as the patient. Ha, 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 ha. Um, Apparently her injury is about six weeks, so that's not too bad. I believe that she'll probably still be on TV. We'll see. Yeah, we actually saw some pictures of her on Instagram today, and she has no leg brace or anything, so it does look pretty good for her. Um, I also think it's worth mentioning that Riley and I chose Cody for the last match, and Matthew chose Lance Archer. Who did you choose, Carol? I did choose Archer. I didn't want to. I always want to root for Cody, but I didn't want him to win this match. (laughs) So So I I said, surely he won't, and I chose Archer, which was the wrong choice. Yeah, I had the opposite uh, opinion. I wanted Archer to win, but I knew Cody would, so I voted for Cody. Yeah. But yeah. So Penelope Ford is filling in for the injured Britt Baker. 
versus Chris Statlander. We're not going to go over this match just for time's sake, but Chris Statlander won in a, a pretty good match. But it was this very is good. Best, this is the match, best match I've ever seen Penelope Ford do. Yeah, this she was solid. Good, yeah. good match. I didn't see. I don't think there's any botches in this match that I can no, recall. None. Really, the rest of the night was good after the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears comes out of the ring in a well, suit. No, no. After the AEW TNT Championship. What? Well, there, that wasn't a botch fest. Yeah, but it wasn't good. Oh, okay. So I'm talking about botches specifically. So okay. Sean Spears comes out. He's in a suit. And I'm like, well, something big must be happening here. Because if he's calling out Dustin and saying Dustin's retired, like, is he just going to come attack him? Like, is that what's going to happen? So Sean Spears comes in. He says, there's no way Dustin will show up. Dustin's music hits. And then... Sean Spears is freaking out, and then just perfectly, mm -hmm. just perfectly, slowly turns his head towards the camera, and just with this big, goofy grin on his face, and he's like, ha, I fooled you, I fooled you, it works every single time, Dustin is not here, then Dustin's music hits again. And he's like, hey, no, 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 snapping his fingers, waving to the back, hey guys, you were only supposed to do it one time. Guys, stop. No, cut the music. We're only, it just, one time you're ruining this for me. And then he immediately, and Brandy comes out. He's looking at Brandy as Dustin Rhodes attacks him from the back. Dustin is in full ring gear. His face paint looks really cool. Instead of it being like half and half, it's like over his whole head, but only half on his face. Really cool looking. Mm -hmm. uh, Dustin beat the crap out of poor Sean Spears. And I love Sean Spears. He's one of my favorites. Stripped him. It was it, a, is, it was a it was like an evening gown match. Yep, it was. It's gonna take a lot for Mr. Did. Sean Spears to come back. They yeah. he ripped off all his clothes. He literally pulled down his underpants. You saw his big old booty shining. He had a Tolly Blanchard patch on his crotch. <laughs> this this was a comedy match if I've ever seen it. Uh, I believe Sean Spears is much better than this, but I believe he's supposedly enjoying himself in AEW. Uh, and I don't want to give him too hard of a time because he he didn't have TV time in WWE, so that's what he has to do fine. Dustin destroyed this poor guy, though. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning we all chose Sean Spears, except for Carol, I believe, chose Dustin. I did. Okay, Good Carol job. is the only one who gets a point on this one. I remember uh, it being said, he's not going to win. And uh -huh. I said, yes, he will, and he did. So I got so one right. Yeah, if I, th I thought if it was a normal match, then, then Sean Spears should have won. I thought they were actually yeah. building him up. But I was wrong, because he's buried for a long time. And uh, I disagree, but okay. I mean, he wasn't prepared, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, let's be fair. AEW does a good job quickly rehabbing their guys. If this happened in WWE, Sean Spears would be done for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they could have maybe a rematch or something, and he could be in ring gear and be prepared and, and, and do a little bit better. Um I still really like Sean Spears. I do. I love yeah. Sean Spears. He's fantastic. Uh, he's honestly one of my favorites in AEW. Uh, but he wasn't booked how I would like him to be booked. But uh, we needed a comedy match, and Sean Spears is freaking hilarious, and he mm -hmm. executed this perfectly. Like, especially whenever Dustin comes up, and he, I think Sean Spears was on the rope, and Sean, uh, Dustin pulls his boxers down, Yep. and um, Sean Spears makes his face like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> like he was embarrassed and it was really funny because be. like he had his boxers down like halfway showing his butt cheeks full moon for, right like, Guerrero was loving for, like it. a couple of minutes <laughs> I mean, he didn't even pull his his 
boxers up because I mean, obviously, he wanted that to happen. I mean, it was great to me. I mean, I didn't that visual that yeah. at all. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. So, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida is next, and I want to point Kira, out that Kira, who'd you pick? I picked Nyla. Okay. Oh my god. So gosh. did everyone else. We did. Yeah, we all picked Nyla. And we were wrong. And we were very happy to be wrong. Yes. Because at the end of the match, all four of us either pumped our fist, jumped off the couch. We were all very excited yeah. that Hikarushita is now your new AEW Women's Champion. Hikarushita dressed as Tifa from Final Fantasy VII, except with red instead of white, which looked way better and matched the double or nothing color scheme. This match was pretty stinking solid. Yeah, it was so, really good. It's no DQ match. Yeah. And they used that to the full extent. They really did. They sure did. They There was one spot where Nyla was leaned up against one of the giant poker chips. Uh, Sheeta knees her in the face, and she falls back onto the poker chip. The finish came where she uh, Sheeta had the um, kendo stick and hit Nyla Rose upside the head. Nyla sold this like a champion. She, she broke turned the her kendo head. stick in half. Yep. Eyes wide open, fell down onto her knees, then face planted onto the ground. But instead of pinning her, she just says, just in case, hits her with a running knee slash shining wizard. One, two, three. Miss Hikaru Shida is your new AEW women's champion. And Cody said when Nyla Rose was champion... Why is Nyla Rose a champion? It's because she's the best. Well, now I think that we really do have the best woman on the entire roster as their champion. And I hope she holds it for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think they played this match perfectly to Nyla's strengths. Um, she looks very good in defeat. Uh, best spot of the match, in my opinion. There's no crowd there, so you can hear everything the competitors are saying. Right. But you had... Uh, Hikaru finally regained control of her kendo stick, and she tells Nyla, hey, I found my kendo stick, expletive, and <laughs> hit her upside the head. And it was amazing. It was yeah. a great callback. Great callback, and some great comedy by Hikaru Shida. Uh, but yeah, I, this was a great match. Uh, it really played to Nyla's uh, benefit. I am disappointed that Nyla didn't get a better run because of all this coronavirus stuff. I don't yeah. think it's the time we'll see her with a women's title. Um, I think she'll probably be in AEW for a long time, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a shame she didn't get more defenses in, but it's just how the, the chips laid. And now is it, we, we said we didn't want her to lose it this quickly in our preview show. That's why we all assumed she would win. And then maybe Hikaru would get it the next pay-per-view, but who's going to complain about Hikaru Shida as your woman champion? I mean, right. talk about somebody that can elevate a division. I'm so excited. I think I teared up a little bit just because of her reaction whenever she was handed the belt after she won. Like, it was so awesome, and there was so much emotion. Like, she has so much emotion in her matches. Like, she's so good, and I'm so excited that she's the champion. And it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, 100% agree. It was really solid. So, Mox versus Brody Lee is next, and all four of us picked John Moxley. And this match was way better than it should have been. Way better. At the beginning of the match, JR says, I don't expect this one to be long, but it will be tough. It will be hard fought. And I said, I agree with you, JR. 
This is going to go 12 minutes. We're like 22, 25. They fought all the frick over the place. They fought everywhere. There's one awesome spot where they go to the where the ring announcer is. And then uh, I think Brody Lee is trying to powerbomb Mox is what it is. And Mox yeah. flips him back and does a back body drop onto the table. Brody Lee's legs hit the barricade. Got that chopped happened. off. Clean off. Mm-hmm. He's yep. legless. It was <laughs> awesome. It was so good. Uh, Mox could not keep Brody Lee down. He hit him with the Dirty Deeds, which is the paradigm shift now, but it was the non-lifting one. So he hit him with the Dirty Deeds. Couldn't finish him off. Starts elbowing the crap out of his broken head, which, by the way, I forgot to mention, happened because he hit the Dirty Deeds on the entranceway, and they both fell into a giant hole <laughs> because it broke the entrance. So that was the second one. He so broke the ground with Brody Lee's head. Yes, yeah. with yeah. his head? He's elbowing his head over and over and over, punching it. He does the the lifting paradigm shift, which, to my knowledge, has never been kicked out of ever, because he really protects that finisher. And Brody Lee kicks out, and so Mox is very mad. So he starts choking him, puts him in a rear naked choke. Brody Lee passes out. He doesn't give up. He passes out, and Mox wins. And I've heard people say. And B-dubs, I'll let you give your opinion on this first. I've heard people say that Brody Lee is now buried, but I disagree. I think this was the strongest he could look in a loss. I don't think that you that losing to a champion, especially an undefeated champion, whose only loss in the full 365 days that he's been in AEW now is in a tag team match where he wasn't pinned. He literally turned on his partner because Pac was being a jerk. I, I don't think losing to Mox here buries anybody. It's very different from Cody and Archer. This was a perfect ending. Mox looks strong. Brody still looks strong. He will probably have some sort of existential crisis on Wednesday night with the uh, with the Dark Order. I think it's perfect. So B-Dubs, what do you think? I agree with you. I don't really have much to add to that. I think that it was a great way to end it. That, you know... It's like uh, Jr. said, it was hard fought, right? And the only way he was he was gonna go out was passing out, right? So that's pretty good. One hundred percent. Riley, do you have anything to say about it? Um, not really. I just I also think that Brody Lee looks really strong. Um, I loved how when he kicked out of the paradigm shift, John Moxley's like, what the heck do I have to do to put this guy down? Like he looked right. so upset. And, but yeah. then like he went straight into the choke thingy. Well, I don't know what it's called. Your naked choke. That, yeah. And knocked him out with that. And I was like, that was really good on his part. Um, I really liked it. I liked the whole entire match and it really, to me made Brody look strong. So I don't know what people are thinking there. Yeah, I think this is the perfect example of how you elevate two men in a match, even with one losing. Uh, one complaint, this is a no-DQ match. Right. But but it wasn't. Right. It was it was an AEW no-DQ match, which means they're all no-DQ matches, unless Cody yeah. booked it that way. Um, yeah, uh, it, what should have happened is as soon as Brody Lee got knocked through the table by John Moxley, uh, Paul Turner should have ran from the back and say, excuse me. Uh, uh, actually, no, uh, I just saw from the back that that man just put that man through a table. And I don't know if you know this, but in professional wrestling, that's a disqualification. Uh, because all Arn Anderson did 
was push uh, Lance Archer off the ropes, but that's just getting back to Cody. And it still bothers me about AEW, but I mean, at this point, it's it's part of it, right? I'm just going to mention the commentary. They always say this, and it makes it better for me whenever they say this, that it's up to the refs, like it's up to their discretion whether or not to stop the match or disqualify somebody because they want the match to keep going so they can get a champion. It's still dumb to me. Okay. Well, I get that they say you, that. I'm and that's fine, Riley. It makes me feel better watching it happen. I mean, I don't really care unless it's like crazy. I'm but petty. whenever the commentary <laughs> says that, I'm like, okay, I feel better about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm petty. It bothers me. It wouldn't, honestly, at this point, I'm so used to it, it wouldn't have bothered me if Cody and Archer didn't have that ref run in from backstage. Probably. Uh, I may still complain about it. Who knows? I don't have a whole lot of complaint about it on this show, so I have to find something. Right. Uh, but no, this was a very, very good match. I wasn't super sold on Brody Lee before coming into this match. Again, totally sold on him. I hope that this ends up with some existential crisis, just like you said to where they shift his character a little bit because it's not been hitting on all cylinders for it's everyone. It's going to be more chaotic, I think. I, I would actually say the other thing. I say it would, should humble him in defeat and make him be a better leader for the Dark Order. I think, my personal opinion of, of Brody Lee, I think that his intention should be villainous in that he's taking over a lot of people and, and controlling them. But I don't think his action should be villainous as they have been portrayed uh, recently. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, he shouldn't be so abusive to his Dark Order people. He should be a little bit more humble because now if he's being abusive to someone over losing, they can be like, hey, you lost too, so shut up. Um, so it could humble him a little bit, and I would like that move in his character. Uh, get away from the Vince McMahon hate thing he's got going on. Yeah. Uh, just paint, just tweak his character a little bit because it's not really it's not really hitting home for a lot of people, me included. Uh, made John Moxley look like a monster. A uh, real stone-cold moment for him, I think, winning this match. Uh, really, it's going to uh, elevate him as a champion. And, yeah, uh, who who beats John Moxley now? I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. Not Lance Archer, that's for sure. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Come on now. So we're moving on to the main event. Saddle up your horses. Da, 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 da. That's a Stephen Curtis Chapman joke. That these four Christian kids are as grew up singing. Because we cool. Because we cool, man. We cool. cool. Uh, It had the elite versus the inner circle. The elite consisting of Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Matt, and Nick Jackson, and special elite guest Matt Hardy. The versus the inner circle, which is the the elite. Break it down. Okay. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara. And the Proud and Powerful, which is Santana and Ortiz. Before we get into this, who do we pick, Micah? Uh, I chose Inner Circle. Riley chose the Elite. And you chose Inner Circle. What about Carol? Who did you choose, Carol? I chose Inner Circle. Okay. Well, let's see how this goes. Well. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you go ahead and tally up as I tell the intro of the match. And we are going to spend time, you know, a lot of times I don't, like to give play-by-play on matches, but we're there's a lot to go over here. So, yes, for those of you that have seen it, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss some stuff. The match was 47 minutes long. It was constant action, lots of hilarity. There was no point in the entire 40-something minutes that I was bored. Yes, it was the same amount of time as Edge versus Randy Orton, which seems like molasses now. I didn't like it at the time, 
But now, it just makes me wonder why they would do that kind of match in 47 minutes when this was just so perfect. Now, I do also want to say, some people hated this. And if you hated this, as I often say, it's okay to be wrong. But all joking aside, it really is. I understand this isn't for everyone. But if this isn't for you, why are you watching AEW? Mm -hmm. Because this is an AEW match you've ever seen one. Mm -hmm. Can WWE do this kind of stuff? Yes. Can they do it this well? No. Nope. Sure can't. The Inner Circle was introduced first with Team Captain Chris Jericho, which is great. They then introduced Jake, the Proud and Powerful, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, Ortiz and Sammy, who were wearing football helmets. They were all wearing football uniforms. Uh, and they actually had numbers they were calling out. They had the Jaguar cheerleaders there. Some of the Jaguar drummers were there. Jackson DeVille, being a Jacksonville native, I popped just a little bit <laughs> with when Jackson DeVille was out there. It was really great. Then the Elite come out. And your team captains, Matt and Nick Jackson. Broken Matt Hardy comes out. Kenny Omega comes out. And it's 4v5. And they're set up. On the opposite sides, and the the young bucks are looking at Kenny, and they're like, "Hey man, where's where's Hangman? Where's?" And Kenny's like, "Don't worry, he's coming." Like we, we don't understand why is he not here? And Kenny's like, "Don't worry, he'll be here." And the announcers, who are great storytellers, by the way, all three of them, how can he not be great with Jr. and Tony Giovanni out on on commentary? And how great is Excalibur? So all three of these guys go, "Well, Kenny doesn't seem to be so worried, but the young bucks sure are." And that was just a nice thing to point out. So they wrestle. They have a ring set up in the middle of the, the football stadium. This is uh, uh, TIAA Bank Field, where the Jaguars play. They did have the Elite and the Inner Circle on the end zones, which I thought was a cool little touch. They wrestle in the ring for a while. Sammy Guevara does the shooting star press where he misses everybody. Thank the good Lord that the Inner Circle... He, I think he was supposed to jump over the Inner Circle and hit the Elite. He did not. He landed right on the inner circle, but fine. He didn't die because, oh my gosh, that he got so much hang time. Luckily, they were there to catch him. But let's move on to the first big spot of the evening. As you see a dot off in the distance, just like you did on Dynamite. But who is that dot? It's Hangman Page, who is wearing his old scarf over his mouth, I suppose, because of the coronavirus. Oh, it's because <laughs> he's the cowboy. He also... Come on, Maddie. It's not a scarf, it's, it's a bandana, get it right. Right, that's Sorry. right. <laughs> he also has his world tag team title around his waist. He is wearing chaps and a cowboy vest. And he's riding a horse. A beautiful horse. A beautiful horse, as JR and Tony pointed out numerous times. It really was. Lonesome. It was a good looking horse. It was a horse yeah. named Lonesome, according yeah. to his Instagram post. <laughs> Do you know what's even better than that? Hangman Page chases Sammy Guevara <laughs> with the horse. He's running, and Sammy Guevara is booking it the other way. The same expression as the golf cart. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Poor Sammy. And Sammy runs, and he's gone to the back. Hangman is now searching for this guy. Your next big, big spot of the night is the Young Bucks, and I believe Jericho and... Is it Hager? I can't remember. I think it's Hager. Yeah, it was, it was Young Hager. Bucks, Jericho, and somebody else. Uh, and they're fighting over a ladder next to the 
to the field goal post. And Micah says, I want to see someone jump off that. And I immediately say, they're never going to happen. Well, three minutes later, they set up a ladder next to the field goal post. And Matt Jackson's climbing it. Uh, and I tell Micah, I'm wrong. It's definitely happening here. With you a broken what? rib, he's climbing yep. this field goal post. He is. He climbs. He gets to the middle of the field goal post. He moonsaults off of it. Lands on everyone. And this is 10, 10 12 feet in the air. Lands on everyone. Doesn't land very well. And, uh, yeah, it was freaking awesome. It was. It's great. It was It was great. Uh, Matt Jack- Jackson is a machine that he can do a moonsault off of a field goal post, which is probably, what, 15 feet in the air? With a broken right. rib. There's no good way to land from a fall 15 feet in the air with a broken rib. I no. mean, he obviously has a lot of uh, drive and love for this company and their fans to be yeah. doing stuff like this. So mad respect for Matt Jackson. Yeah. I do believe that unless this happens some random place in the Indies, he's the first person to ever do a moonsault off a field goal post. And I will confirm that he's definitely the first person to do it in an NFL stadium. Yeah, for sure. This is probably so the, the first problem- NFL stadium match, right? Uh, no, I mean, WrestleMania is often held at stadiums. Yeah, yes, this is count. This is the first actual, like, full stadium match that wrestled over the stadium. Won't be the so, last. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega are now wrestling the Proud and the Powerful. And they're up in the stands. Uh, I do want to point out that I saw someone on Twitter say that uh, Santana tossed Kenny Omega into the back. Uh, with an Irish whip, and I thought that was weird as it was happening, but apparently it was a callback to WWF No Mercy on the Nintendo 64, because that's how you threw people in the back, and I totally popped after I saw that, because it's exactly what happened. (laughs) That's great. So, they're fighting, they take out Kenny Omega, they take Matt Hardy, and they say, Matt, we're gonna go for a swim. To which you guys didn't know there was a pool in the Jack Stadium, I guess. That was, that's uh, definitely something that's there. And so they they chunk Matt Hardy in, and they keep drowning him. But every time they put him underwater and pull him up, he comes up as a different gimmick. He came up as the Hardy Boys. He came up as Matt Matt version one. He even had a Matt fact, but it said matter of fact, even though Matt and fact were in big letters, and the ER and the OF were in very small letters. Yeah. They can't do Matt facts anywhere but WWE. Yeah, it was great. And then, of course, he came back, and, and like as they're holding him under, they've got the camera on him through the glass, and he's, like, doing the V1 sign, the Hardy Boys sign. He's smiling and laughing. These ten guys are having an absolute blast. They love it. Mm-hmm. And so, eventually, Matt Hardy comes back up as broken. He takes both of them down, and he ties up Ortiz in a wheelchair, takes Santana, tosses him into an icebox, and locks him in the icebox with, like, a uh, a broom. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, was... this will help with your inflammation. Yes. Um. Also, he, whenever he tied, was it Ortiz in the yeah. Um, wheelchair? Yeah. He, like, hits him and says, take this and call me in the morning. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he had some great quips. He really did. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. It was really good. He put him under a bell and put his head under a bell and then rang the bell so it hurt his ears. It was just ridiculous. And Ortiz and, sold it like a champ. I mean, he it was, was just ridiculous. like... It was Ortiz at his best. That's, that's yeah. just that Yeah, one. it was great. So good. So I forgot to mention that 
after Hangman, or earlier in the match, Hangman is shown in the back going, Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Where are you, Sammy? And he gets tired of hunting for Sammy. He sees a sign that's pointing out the bar. He gets off the horse. He tells the horse to stay. And then he goes to the bar. He disappears. He's a good friend. So later in the match, we see Jake Hager come. And he sees the horse, who is still standing there because this horse is loyal. Jake and turns around. Beautiful. And beautiful. He sees a sign for the bar and goes, All right, yep, I know where Hangman is. So he heads toward the bar. 100%. So then he comes, he sits next to him. Hangman says, You're here to fight, you're here to drink. And I believe Jake says, if I remember right, Why can't I be here for both? He said, What's the difference? Oh. Okay. I think. So I would say there's a lot of differences personally. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think he said yeah. honestly, what's the difference? And then yeah. he hit him. So Hager start he tosses a drink to Hager, Hager drinks it. Hangman turns to Hager. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, attacks him. Hangman is the one who says what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so Hangman sorry. attacked Hager. Uh Hager power bombed Hangman onto a pool table. He put him on the bar, slid him comically across the bar like you would in an old Looney Tunes cartoon. Hangman hit every single drink that was on the bar. He tossed him off, and he landed, I think, onto another pool table, if I remember right, or onto a, on a regular table. Mm. Yeah. But luckily, here comes Kenny Omega, and they double-team Jake Hager. They're hitting him with every bottle they can find. Jake Hager will not stay down. But he eventually gets V-triggered, and then Kenny Omega gets on his hands and knees. Hangman Page flips over him and hits Hager with a buckshot lariat over the bar. Then Hangman jumps over the bar, pours himself a shot of whiskey, pours a full glass of milk for Kenny Omega, straight-edge Kenny Omega. They bump cups, and they drink. So then we have Chris Jericho and Nick Jackson who are fighting on the football field. I do want to point out that Matt Jackson, Northern Lights suplexed uh, Sammy Guevara during this spot from one end zone to the other. <laughs> of course, there were cutaways, but oh my gosh. Yeah, Broken cause ribs. Because Sammy made it back to the football field and oh, it was Sammy, Matt that's Jackson. Right. Yeah. And... Wait, was it Sammy? It was Sammy. Yeah, it was Sammy, so, yeah. so Matt Jackson takes Sammy. Like, he just can't, he can't catch a break. Yeah, if anything like, he ridiculous happens by, to somebody. He gets chased by a horse, and now he's getting Northern Lights sloop, suplex all the way from one side of the football field all the way to the other side of the football field. Okay, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and there's more. <laughs> just recovering yes. from getting hit in a golf all. cart. <laughs> yeah. So Chris Jericho... Had, tosses Nick Jackson into the giant jaguar head. It is soft. Um, he tossed it. He, like, what did he do? He he grabbed a megaphone and he was like yelling at him. He's like, you should have stayed home. Uh, he tossed him into the jaguar. And then Jackson DeVille, the mascot, comes up, taunting Jericho. Jericho is having none of it. And Judas affects Jackson DeVille, which is a Jaguars fan. He is now, Chris Jericho is the biggest hill. I've ever seen. <laughs> he takes Nick Jackson and he pins him. One, two. He kicks out at almost three. 
Chris Jericho and Aubrey Edwards are arguing with each other, whether it's two or three. Chris Jericho grabs a challenge flag out of his pants and tosses it in the air. And so Aubrey goes to the tent like an NFL ref would. Jericho follows her in, follows her in, yelling at her. And she's like, you're not supposed to come in here, which players, of course, can't in the NFL. And they're arguing the whole time. And then they show the replay. Like five times. Yeah. Maybe ten. Just like it was in the NFL. It was perfect. And then she confirms that it's two. He yells at her. It's just, it's just so great. There was a spot where Nick Jackson was tossing footballs at Chris Jericho, (laughs) hit him in the balls at one point. Uh, He like kicked, what did he do? Kick Chris Jericho or or kicked a football into the uh, kicker's net and it hit Jericho. I don't remember what happened. It was just so much ridiculous stuff was happening. Also, we thought I'd talk about Matt Jackson in the end zone. Yeah, yes, exactly. Was it Rick Knox? Rick Knox, which is a throwback to his time on the Indies, where they also super kicked Rick Knox. Um, okay. him, and, him and Rick Knox the way back. Uh, yeah, basically, just there was it was actually he was celebrating was, in the infield and got a flag. Yeah, so After. he's in the infield and he's doing some NFL dance of some sort. What were you saying, Carol? He was doing After the Alex Wright. Spiking Sammy Guevara's head into the end zone. Right, Tore right. Sammy Guevara's head. Yeah. RIP Sammy Guevara oh, again. again. Ninth time this match, I believe. And if if cat facts are right, that's I believe he's dead. And um, not the last one. More. Yeah. Poor Sammy. Yeah, so he's he's celebrating on the end zone. What dance is he doing? Alex oh, no, Wright, not, back from uh WCW. I'm not I'm not hip on the culture, so the the whatever, that dance. And and Rick Knox comes up and says, throws a flag, says excessive celebration, uh, and he looks at Rick Knox and Matt he super kicks him. Gets mad. He gets he mad. Turns heel and yeah, the heel comes the out in him, and he super kicks the ref, which is a throwback to other times he's done that several times uh, throughout his career. Rick he's Knox he's super just kicked takes Rick a lot Knox. Of super kicks. Yeah, he yeah. does. Um, it's probably why he counts so fast. Um, <laughs> a little brain damage. Uh, anyways, but yeah, that was a really cool spot. I liked that. Yeah. So we go back to Nick and Jericho, and Matt Jackson has ran the length of the field. They're double-teaming Jericho. They put him on a table. Nick goes up into the stands. He climbs the stairs, and he starts running down the stairs, but I will confirm that he got no momentum from this. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like, you know, slowly jogged down the stairs and then jumps off the railing very high in the air and lands on Jericho on the table. And Jericho is dead yes he looks like he has died but the best part's not happened yet because (laughs) out comes hangman page who i believe is holding a drink and with one hand he's pushing (laughs) this apparatus that puts the lines on the football field and he puts it over chris jericho's body and he just does it like it's a cartoon, like in an old Looney Tunes cartoon where you're just not paying attention to this guy being here. Like he wasn't like attacking Jericho or nothing. He just walks by and draws a line on Jericho he, because he's just there. He wasn't holding a drink. He was holding his ribs. Like he just looked like a little oh, yeah, old man who's sort of hobbling and he's he's pushing the chalk machine and it was hilarious. Yeah, he, he, was, he was like, that's, that's not my job. Thing. I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm not moving, yeah. Jericho. My line's exactly. going here. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It was like it was nothing special. It was just, you know, it was great. <laughs> Absolutely great. So what followed up from that was Sammy Guevara being awakened by the sprinklers. 
<laughs> oh, because he's completely dead. Yeah, he's yeah. completely knocked out. He's he's got hit by about seventeen thousand four hundred ninety-two uh, Northern Light suplexes. So Sammy gets wake, woken up by the sprinklers. He stands up and goes, "What did did I win? Did I win? I won! I won!" And he is dancing around until he hears this engine rev. And I believe he says out loud, if I remember right, "Oh no, not again." He, he turns around. If he didn't, though, his face said it. Because exactly. the exactly. man in his face went from super excited to, you have got to be getting me. Yes. And terrified. He turns around to see Matt Hardy on a golf cart. And Kenny Omega's in the passenger seat, who leans out and starts pointing. <laughs> and he's yelling at Sammy the whole time. And Sammy books it. And they have this great shot where Sammy is like running. And then you see like the golf, he runs out of the shot. And the golf cart comes into the shot. It's perfect. But Sammy Guevara actually evades this golf cart, which I believe Micah pointed out. Sammy won golf cart one. Yeah, so, good okay. job. Oh, and Bryce Rimsburg was just following behind as fast as he could. It's, I mean, he, <laughs> Bryce Rimsburg was sprinting, man. I mean, just great job. Great job, Bryce. And so, he basically climbs. He's basically doing parkour. Mm-hmm. Climbing up into the stands, Kenny Omega also does parkour. Matt Hardy, because he is old, goes around and uses the stairs. <laughs> and so they're chasing him up top, and they he's he's fights off Kenny Omega, but then you see Neo One, who mm-hmm. is the new drone of Mister Matt Hardy, replacing Vanguard One. And then he he comes to Sammy. He distra- I believe he distracted Sammy. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And Sammy's like, oh no, not you. Yeah. Not again, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Omega comes up for a V-trigger, and he picks Sammy up for the one-winged angel. Matt Hardy, over and over, delete, delete, delete. And it shows this shot, and I'm not exaggerating, guys. I'm really not. He's probably 20 to 25 feet in the air. You see Hangman and the Bucks down below. And you see what is essentially a crash pad down below. And Kenny Omega jumps off the stands, does the one-winged angel on Sammy Guevara, and they bounce just a little bit, but let's be fair, we don't want them to die, so Mm -hmm. it was perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny gets the one, two, three, and your winners, Matt Hardy... And the elite. Whoa! <laughs> Woo! The elite. The the elite. So let's, let's let the girls. Let's let the girls go first. And I don't think Rallies went first, but like once the whole show. So, Riley, what did you think of this match? It was wonderful. Yes, <laughs> I can't do it. But anyways, that was a good try. So 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 good, and if. Anybody says it's not, then they just need to. I don't even care if we lose viewers on Wednesday night, but just stop watching AEW, like for real, because this is the kind of stuff that I watch AEW for. Like it's so good. Agreed. Um, this this yes. is what I'm here for. This is what I'm here to see. <laughs> yes, and Kenny Omega, 
on that golf cart screaming at Sammy saying, <laughs> you better run, Sammy. You better run. It's like, I'm coming to get you, Sammy. It was so funny because he's so hysterical whenever things like that happen. It's so funny to see him hysterical like that because if y'all watch Being the Elite, he's hysterical towards Colt Cabana, like hates Colt Cabana right now. It's like a feud on Being the Elite. But, man, I just love whenever we get the cleaner, super hysterical Kenny. Right. 100%. Anything yeah. else? No, this match was fantastic, and it was late, and I did. I was in and out, and it had nothing to do with the match. Uh, it's just I'm just an old lady, <laughs> but so I did go back and rewatch it, and I will probably go back and rewatch it again because it was so much fun. And like you said, they just looked like they were all having so much fun, and that makes me have fun, and I I think that's great. And two things that I I would add to your your description. Um, the la- the Kenny is setting up for the one winged angel, and he actually you can see he he takes care to uh, hold the back of Sammy's neck, and I was like, finally, <laughs> someone cares about Sammy Guevara's head, <laughs> and so good job, Kenny Omega. And also, how can we not talk about the traffic cone? Oh, that's right. about yeah. the traffic cone. because the, the only person moment. in the world that can put a traffic cone on his head and go hee 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 and still walk away looking cool is Chris Jericho. And I love, I love Chris Jericho and I love everything that Chris Jericho does. And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing about it is he knows this is what people want to see. And Uh he knows that people are like, that's, that's what people want. And so he does this. And again, it looks so stupid. And if anybody else did it, it would be so dumb. But when he does it, it's amazing. And I just so loved it. I loved everything I, about it. It was so I, much fun. I forgot to mention, because I was talking to Micah about this, but I just love how, you know, you have the veterans in this match, um, or how do you call it? The seniors? I don't know. Not the seniors. Yeah. Veterans, yeah. Like, the people who've done this a while, they're putting all of these other kids over so much. Like, Sammy so much. is so over right now. And, like, the Proud and Powerful, whenever, like, that whole bit, they're putting yeah. them over. Like Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy, even the Young Bucks and um, Kenny, like it's crazy. They're just putting all these new people over. They're not taking the spotlight. It's it's just great, and I really enjoyed that about it too. Okay, Mike, what did you want to say? Uh, first of all, R.I.P. Sammy Guevara. Like, what? What? Uh, where do we know. go from here? Like next year, are we just gonna have somebody shoot him with a shotgun? Because right. like, where do you go from here? He's died like nine times in the last two episodes so <laughs> poor, Sam. poor sammy guevara he's what a so story. good yeah, he's gonna I mean, come back with a vengeance and he's gonna beat everybody yeah talk about future stars sammy guevara oh my gosh he's ridiculous mm-hmm. uh yeah this whole match was probably the most entertained and the most sports entertained of all sports entertainment i've ever been uh i said that about the firefly funhouse match which was great in its own right but man, this was like forty-eight minutes of pure joy. I right. mean, my cheeks hurt when I was done with it. Yes, my face hurt. So <laughs> it bad. was it was crazy. It was it had so many good callbacks. If you're like a first-time viewer, maybe this match doesn't make any sense to you at all. But you enjoyed something out of it. There there was something here that made you smile. Absolutely. Something that made you laugh. Um, it was just, it was like a live-action cartoon. Mm. That's, that's all wrestling is, really. It's its a live-action anime, if you really look at it. And it's, mm-hmm. we I love it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I love wrestling. I don't know where it goes from here. 
I mean, how do you how do you top this ever? I, I don't know. I'd really I like to it. see. Thank you. Go ahead. I was just saying, I'm sure that they can because they're the elite and they're awesome. I think we've said that yeah. about AEW pay-per-view. We've said, how do we get better than this? And then they did it. Yeah. So I, I hoped. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to uh, see a video or perhaps make a video of people that are either lapsed wrestling fans or not wrestling fans at all and say, hey, can I have 45 minutes of your time? Will you watch this match? Yes. That I, Put that on your YouTube channel. I would love to see that. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be very good. See the public's opinions yeah. of this masterpiece. So I love this too. I'm the one that covered it, so I'm not going to go too much more into detail. But just to reiterate what they were saying, I laughed the whole time. I popped the whole time. There was not a single moment in this 47-minute match where I yawned, where I looked away, where I picked up my phone and I was tinkering with it. And I have a bad habit of doing that, guys. I do. I The whole time, I was glued to my television. This was the most entertaining thing. Now, was it the best match? No. Right? Okay. It Was was it AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan? No. But they, were, they weren't trying to be. That was not their goal. Their goal was not, let's go out there and put on a five-star class classic like Okada and Omega did in Japan. That's not their goal. Their goal was, let's have some fun. Let's entertain our fans. Let's do something for them because they're at home. Let's let's do something special that we couldn't do on a live show with fans. And they delivered, man. And I hope to the good Lord that they do this again. You know what? If they do this next year in Jacksonville and I go to the live show and I have to watch this in the big screen, so be it. Because I want to see this again. I would like this to be a yearly thing. I loved it. It was so good. No, they need to pick the fans up and be like, and now to the stadium. Right. And we all get up and we go to the stadium. I mean, it does connect. Yeah. They, they could do it. Yeah. 100%. So let's grade. Actually, before we grade double or nothing, let's let's uh, let's go over our picks. So who won, Micah? And more specifically, who lost? Uh, everyone but me lost. So you're welcome. Matthew, you are the first loser. Okay. What's uh, the what's the what was the score? I won with six, as I tend okay. to do. Okay. Uh you came in first loser with five. Okay. Riley second loser at four, and Carol uh-huh. third loser at no, three. I, I also had four. Because I Did had you have four? I had Dustin, I had best friends, I had Mox. Mox. I had a fourth one. I don't think so. Maybe I didn't. No. I don't think you did. Well, we had to delete the um, Chris Statlander. Uh, yeah, one. you probably that got might, Chris Statlander, that, but we didn't that's count That's probably what that. I'm thinking yeah. about, but yeah. that's yeah. yeah. So, let's grade it. And Riley, because I know you so well, you're going to go last. <laughs> oh, I already know when I'm going to grade it. <laughs> okay, fine. You just, I, I often, and I, I say that out of love, listeners. I'm not being mean to Riley. She often likes to go last. But Riley, go ahead. Let's give us your grade for double or nothing. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> I, okay, because y'all are gonna think I'm crazy. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna go with A plus. I I loved this whole entire thing. Like the pre-show to me didn't really count. Um, but I loved everything about it. Um, I guess the Cody and Archer match could have gone better. I don't mind it as much because i honestly wouldn't have thought about the crossroads thing if you guys didn't bring it up but while i was watching it i didn't think about it i was honestly whenever he won my face just went from like a 
like a like it physically changed to like a frown unfortunately but i mean it was it was an okay match top baby face folks so (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm still gonna go with an a plus even though i didn't like that um but yeah i really enjoyed it i that ending was just awesome and it just pushed the whole pay-per-view to like a whole nother level so i would have paid 50 dollars just for the stampede yes it was yes yeah yes i'm being honest People yep. would say that fifty dollars was too much for a pay per view. I would have paid for it just for the stampede. So. It was something special. It really was. Uh, all right, B Dubs, what would you grade? I give it an A. Uh, the only thing keeping it from an A plus, I think, is the Cody match. Not because because the fan in me wants to root for Cody. Yay, Cody! Right. But the critical viewer questions the decision and, and is just not happy with the decision. So um, it's an A. And it's a it's fantastic. It was just so good. I enjoyed it. I did. Micah? Uh, I think I'm going to go with A- minus because I was disappointed by the ladder match. The Cody match was awful. And the pre-show was also less than good. Um, the, the stadium stampede was an A++++ on its yes. own. Um. The, the main event was an A-plus main event. Very good. Uh, MJF, Co- uh, MJF Jungle Bow was very good. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning, we had consistent issues the entire pay-per-view with our pay-per-view stream. Right. Uh, not. I don't know if it's AEW's fault or if it was... It was uh, So, we normally get it through Fight TV, but we haven't been having issues with Fight TV, so we decided to buy it through PS4, which was streamed through Fight TV. Right, so, and we didn't know that. Yeah, so we paid $20 more to have the same stream, but it's okay. Yeah. We, we got our money's worth. Um, it, it, we had consistent issues, uh, throughout. So that, uh, that hurts a little bit to me as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say a, a minus. I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to give it an A or an A plus for an AEW pay-per-view because we've seen some real, just fantastic pay-per-views, but that stampede was probably the, the best thing I've ever seen in wrestling. So yeah, mm-hmm. take that yeah. as you will. So this is a difficult one for me to grade because I really hated I really hated the Cody and Archer ending. I mean, it was miserably bad. Uh, that pre-show match was the worst AEW match I've ever seen out of the tag team division because the tag team division is usually five-star class. I mean, the usage is absolutely incredible. Uh, it was bad. It was really bad. And the opening match, the casino battle, the casino ladder match, was fine. Fine is a good word for it. Um, I enjoyed the match, but there was too many botches and... I don't know. But MJF Jungle Boy was just so good. The world title match was way, way exceeded my expectations. Sheeta and uh, Rose was really good. The Statlander-Penelope Ford match was way better than it should have been, especially considering it had no story. Sean Spears and Dustin made me laugh. And I don't like the fact that what they did to Sean Spears, but you know what? It was entertaining. It was entertaining the whole time. And the Stadium Stampede match was the best 47 minutes of my wrestling life. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I know a lot of times I'm prone to hyperbole. I'm like, this is the best match ever. That was the most fun I've ever had watching wrestling. Even as a child, I remember watching things and just, just enjoying them for what they were. Because I didn't have these critical glasses that I now wear. But... I loved it all. I just loved it all. So, Stadium Stampede lifts this up for me. 
Um, I was going to knock a, a whole letter grade out for Cody and Archer, but this gains a whole letter grade for me. Is it the best AEW pay-per-view we've seen as a whole? No. Did it have the most entertaining match I've ever seen in my entire life on this? Yeah, it did. The show gets an A, even though there were some really bad things. The good was so exceptionally good, it pulled it up. And it's harder to pull up than to drag down. A, the show was great. So yep. let's move on to the final and give the 30-second challenge to my beautiful love, who's sitting right next to me as I set up Carol. my timer. You got this, this not... Carol. Woo! You're going to do a great job. And for 30 seconds, I want you to tell me why the next breakout star of AEW will be Mr. Pineapple Pete. And go. <laughs> Pineapple Pete, as you all know him. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Uh, he uh, comes barreling into the ring next dynamite. No introduction, just, just comes running out. Running out into the ring, grabs a microphone from a ref, and demands Chris Jericho meet him right now in the ring. Chris Jericho, being the haughty heel that he is, saunters out, uh, exchange, banter. Uh, he calls him Pineapple Pete about 17 times in that amount of time. And uh, then uh, we, we, see, we see a clean finish, just like that. Chris Jericho, overconfident as usual, enters the ring. Pineapple Pete knocks him right out. Pineapple Pete is now fantastic. So 50-50 booking is what you're booking for AEW. That's right. That's fine, because that'll get Pineapple Pete over. That's the way it works. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 107 of WrestleLife Radio. If you have not watched Double or Nothing, please do so. If you don't watch anything else, if you're not a wrestling fan, if you're not, I doubt you're an hour and a half into this with us, but if you're not a wrestling fan, please watch the Stadium Stampede. If you have friends and family that aren't wrestling fans, please show them the Stadium Stampede and then tell them that there's these four goofy people that reviewed it and introduced them to WrestleLife Radio. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at WrestleLife Radio and at WrestleLife Pod on Twitter. You can find me at WrestleLife Matt on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my beautiful wife, Carol, B-dubs. You can find me on the YouTubes and also the Gram as Carolson and WordPress.com, Carolson.wordpress.com. And then Riley, Rybug on Instagram. Is that correct? No, it's not correct. It's not? I, I apologize. What is it then? You can follow me on Twitter at Rybugsen, and that is R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N. But guess what? Don't follow me on Twitter. I don't need your pity follows. And if you do follow me, unfollow me. Thank you. That is a biggie reference. Rally does not hate all of you. Just so you know. And you can follow Micah at Wrestle Life Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We thoroughly appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this show. We hope you enjoyed Double or Nothing. Please let us know in the comments below. We hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Hee hee hee.